0: It's Sunday, March 5th, and this is Brian with The Morning News. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the headlines you need to know to be in the know. The winter-weary northeast and upper midwest were digging out Saturday from another round of heavy snowfall while cleanup began in battered parts of the south and midwest after a sprawling storm system produced ferocious winds that left widespread damage and caused multiple deaths. More than a foot of snow fell in parts of New York State, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine before the late winter storm started to slow. Driving conditions were hazardous as dozens of cars, trucks, and tractor-trailers slid off the roads. The wet snow was accompanied by wind gusts of up to 40 miles per hour, raising concerns about toppled trees and power outages, said meteorologist John Palmer with the National Weather Service in Maine. In other news, the Pentagon's top officer made an unannounced visit to the U.S. mission in northeastern Syria Saturday in a show of confidence for American operations against Islamic State. Army General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, made a brief stop at a logistics base to talk with troops and commanders as he prepares recommendations for the future of the Pentagon's operations in Syria. More than 900 troops are based at various locations in northeastern Syria to counter Islamic State and train and advise Syrian Democratic Forces, known as SDF, a group of militias that stemmed from Syria's long civil war and opposes Islamic State and Syrian President Bashir al-Assad. The U.S. troops and allies are under constant threat from mortar and armed drone attacks, typically from Iranian proxy groups operating in the region, though few attacks recently have been successful. Nearby, Iran made fresh promises to increase its cooperation with the United Nations Atomic Agency on Saturday, but International Atomic Energy Agency Chief Rafael Grassi returned from Tehran with no breakthrough over a series of Western concerns about Iran's nuclear activities. In a press conference on his return, Mr. Grassi said Iran had promised to allow the agency to reinstall cameras and other monitoring equipment at several important nuclear-related facilities, Iran removed the equipment last summer. The two sides agreed to a joint statement that also committed Tehran to improved cooperation over a multi-year probe into undeclared nuclear material found in Iran. Iran has stonewalled that investigation for years. Last year, Iran removed the cameras and enriched monitors from a number of sites linked to Iran's nuclear program. They included facilities that produce yellow cake, material that can be turned into nuclear fuel, and locations that produce the key parts of centrifuges, machines that enrich uranium. Meanwhile, pressure from Russia forces mounted Saturday on Ukrainians hunkered down in Bakhmut as residents attempted to flee with help from troops who Western analysts say may be preparing to withdraw from the key eastern stronghold. A woman was killed and two men were badly wounded by shelling while trying to cross a makeshift bridge out of the city in Donetsk province, according to Ukrainian troops who were assisting them. The Ukrainian army representatives said that it was now too dangerous for civilians to leave Bakhmut by vehicle and that people had to flee on foot instead. Bakhmut has for months been a prime target of Moscow's grinding eastern offensive in the war, with Russian troops, including forces from the private Wagner group, inching ever closer. An AP team near Bakhmut on Saturday saw a pontoon bridge set up by Ukrainian soldiers to help the few remaining residents reach the nearby village of Kromov. Ukrainian army units over the past 36 hours destroyed two key bridges just outside of Bakhmut, including one linking it to the nearby town of Chasiv Yar along the last remaining Ukrainian resupply route, according to UK military intelligence officials and other Western analysts. Back in the U.S., President Biden's decision to side with Republicans and some Democrats in blocking changes to the District of Columbia's crime code is the latest in a long string of interventions regarding contentious local laws. Federal lawmakers say they are exercising needed oversight for the federal district, while local elected officials argue Congress is undercutting the Democratic process to score political points. Blocking the D.C. code would mark the first time in decades that a city law has been formally overturned. The issue of self-governance for Washington came to a head on Thursday when Mr. Biden went to Capitol Hill and told a meeting of Senate Democrats he would drop the White House's previously stated objections and instead back Republican efforts to block D.C.'s crime law. Now you know, and you're ready to go with The Morning News. Share this with a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can also sign up for our newsletter at themorningnews.com. Thank you for listening.